Hey everyone, thanks to John and Mark for recording the service. All right, God's to-do list, not ours. One of the greatest honors of being a pastor is that you get to walk with people through some of the worst times in their life. And when you're with someone in a time like that, um, as their pastor, there are two things that I hear almost every single time and they always break my heart a little bit. The first is, I don't want to bother you. I know you're busy. And the second is, why would God do this to me? How could God let this happen? So the first one, um, when life deals you a gut punch, there's honestly nowhere we would rather be than at your side. Emails can wait. Meetings can wait. Sermons can wait. We really care about you and please don't ever worry that you're taking up too much of our time. That's exactly what we're here for. And I don't just mean us as your pastors, but like all of us as people, this is what we are here for. We are here for each other. You're not a burden. You're a child of God. So that's the first one. Second one's harder. Why would God do this to me? How could God let this happen? Have you ever noticed that we humans tend to take life very personally like if something good happens to us we tend to think we did something to deserve it or earn it or bring it about in one way some way or even if we don't it just like it seems right that that good thing would happen when something bad happens same instinct is to reflect on our own behavior what did i do to deserve this and since the answer is usually nothing then the hardship that we're facing feels incredibly unfair and it feels like someone's like inflicting this on us on purpose. Um, that's kind of a fruitless thought exercise. Yes, there are some things we can control in life, but there's so much that we can't, you guys. Like stuff just happens. Good stuff, bad stuff, and a lot of it has nothing at all to do with who we are or what we've done. And honestly, nothing at all with who God is or what God does. Stuff and accepting that and that lack of control on our part and maybe even gods who either by nature or by choice seems not to control those things. Accepting that is like the hardest and possibly the most life-giving thing that we can do. Because when we try to search for answers that aren't there, what often happens is that we often add more pain to an already devastating situation. Like if we think we could have controlled it somehow, prevented it somehow, then the guilt, the guilt can be crippling, right? And if we think God could have controlled it somehow, then we create a God who is apathetic at best and at worst unimaginably cruel. One of my friends had a miscarriage and someone told her, God just wanted that baby to be with him in heaven. What? Like, what kind of twisted, selfish God do you believe in if you think God would take a child from its mother because God wanted them more? That doesn't make any sense, right? Or you lose your job right before your kid starts college and someone tells you, oh, it's all part of God's plan. Okay, excuse me. If this is all part of God's plan, then God, you are a terrible planner. Or say you, like, you get your own health diagnosis in the middle of caring for someone else and their health diagnosis and someone says well good thing god doesn't give you more than you can handle <laughs> what or my personal favorite everything happens for a reason no it doesn't things just happen 
and sometimes they're brutal. And when we try to explain the unexplainable with catchy phrases, not only do we fail to provide comfort, but we create a distorted image of a God who seems to inflict cruelty on us just to teach us a lesson. That is not the God we believe in here at Unity. And I don't, I don't actually think that's a God anyone would want to follow anyways, right? It's just hard to think of things to say in times when words fail. But think about the, the God doesn't give you more than you can handle for a minute. Because while that's not true, all of us often have more on our plates than anybody can handle alone. It does come close to a core truth of our faith. And if we tweak it just slightly, we can get there. Here's what's true. Hard things happen to us sometimes unimaginably hard things. And while God never wills them to happen, God is always there in the aftermath, actively working to create something good. And I almost imagine it in my head like there's two levels or two planes on which things happen. Like, bear with me, because this is a little abstract sounding, but it's actually extremely real. So there's stuff that just happens, right? Like, just like dots on a page. And those things we have very little control over. But then there's how we respond to those events, and that we always have control over, right? And even more importantly, after those random events have happened, there is what God does with those events, and that is something God has complete control over, and God, in fact, has a limitless ability to weave things together into something bigger, something beautiful, something good. This is God's specialty, creating something out of nothing, taking broken things and making them beautiful, pulling dry bones up out of graves and giving them new bodies and new purpose, resurrection, taking something like death on a cross and turning it into a promise of life for everyone, everywhere, always. But the thing is that God is so good at that that sometimes God does such a spectacularly good job of taking a bad situation and turning it into good that in retrospect, that chain of events looks kind of like it was meant to be, like it was the plan all along that it was happening for a reason. Because Just because God does such a good job at it, but still the initial events weren't caused by God. They were just used by God to great and holy purpose. Does that make sense? It's a subtle distinction, but I think it's an important one because God does not inflict us with pain ever. But when something comes that hurts us, God can use it, transform it, redeem it into something life-giving. And so the Beatitudes that we have here, this list that Jesus makes today, they aren't like tasks for us to accomplish, right? It's not like we're supposed to make ourselves poor so we can get into heaven or find something to mourn so that we can access that comfort. You don't make yourself meet so you meek so you can inherit the earth. No, this is not our to-do list. This is God's to-do list. Because what Jesus is saying is that when we find ourselves in those hard situations, and we don't need to seek them out, they'll find us. That's God's promise to be there for us in that suffering, to bless us, to share good things with us, and to make the events of our life holy. It's all a little confusing. I don't know if it makes sense in our minds, but I think it makes sense with what we see around us. Because, like, 
Have you ever noticed when you meet someone who's just incredibly kind, incredibly compassionate, then if you get to know that person, it always turns out that they've been through something heartbreaking or faced some kind of really big failure in their life. Or when you meet someone who seems so full of joy, like someone who really just knows how to enjoy life, it always turns out that they had some kind of really big loss in their past. Or like the wisest people that I've ever met, they're all people who are in recovery from addiction. Like they have literally died and then come back the other side. And people that we get to know through our partners like Aspen Center who was here this week. Um, and the world in our foolishness, we look at people with addictions and we think, mm, not smart, poor life decisions. That couldn't be more wrong. When you get to know some of these folks, oh my gosh, they get it. They have this wisdom about who they are and how life works and what's important that, that someone like me who's never walked in their shoes, like I can only dream of that kind of wisdom. Or like the strongest people, the strongest person I've ever met might be Shirley Calhoun, frail old Shirley Calhoun at 93 years old. She could hardly lift her head. She's sitting there calmly telling this room full of doctors and medical students that for the 16th time, no, she does not want another heart operation because she's had a good life and her family is around her and please turn off the machine because she's ready to go be with her husband and her daughter and her Jesus. So please don't worry about imposing on us or people who love you when you're going through something hard. You're not a burden. You're a human being. You're a child of God. And the whole reason we're here is to be here for each other. And please don't blame yourself when bad things happen. We're all doing the best we can with what we have and what we know, which is so very little in the grand scheme of things. Stuff just happens. So much of it is out of our control. So don't beat yourself up. Say sorry when you need to. Keep doing your best to show up for each other. Choose kindness, forgive often, especially ourselves. Please know it's never God's will for you to suffer, not ever. God is not trying to teach you a lesson or test your faith or build your character. But when these things happen, God will be there to catch you when you fall and to hold you when you fall apart. God just wades right into the mess and the muck and the pain of our lives and works tirelessly to build something new and something beautiful, not in spite of the pain, but with it, through it, because of it. So whatever you are facing today, may we trust that hardships are hard enough without blaming ourselves or each other or God. May we trust God's ability to work with whatever hand we're dealt May we always be open to like being surprised, always be hopeful about what God can do. And if we're like still in the thick of things, things are too raw, too raw still for reflection or deeper meaning. May we just feel God's presence with us and may we be God's presence for each other.